and welcome to episode two of the Unrefined Jagoff. I'm your host, Ian Cavelli. For those of you not familiar yet, the podcast is a collection of my incoherent ramblings, rants, short stories, quotes, and ideas. Eventually, I'll probably have some guests on the show, but until then, you just got me, telling stories about things no one cares about. I'm this generation's less successful Andy Rooney. My 10-year high school reunion is fast approaching, which means soon a large gathering of people I still don't want to talk to will try convincing me to spend money to hang out with them in an inconvenient location at an inconvenient time. I wasn't what you'd consider traditionally cool as a teenager, meaning I mostly took apart and rebuilt old computers in the damp, dark part of the basement I called the Pit of Loneliness. It was basically a desk made out of two filing cabinets and a piece of wood that wasn't used to make a coffin, but it could have been, and about 15 computers my dad and I found in people's garbages. So my dad and I were essentially technological trash pickers for a brief period of time. I'm also told I was the reason our school stopped hosting the Trunk Full of Funk concerts because they couldn't handle my death metal lifestyle or the raw power that is Satan's basement. Or it could have been that I swore the entire set, introduced my dumb, offensively teenage songs like, This next song is dedicated to anyone out there planning to have a baby. It's called Aborted Remains. And just overall sounding too angry and offensive for a town full of yuppies. Despite being a weirdo nerd loner that liked to offend people, I did have a few friends in high school. Only about two of them I still talk to regularly, but they do exist. One of my friends in high school currently has me blocked on Facebook, apparently. For what reason, I'm not entirely sure. But if it's because he was offended by my status telling anyone that's a bigoted asshole to delete me, well, let's just say it's not surprisingly dumb that he did. For his sake, I won't mention his name. But we became friends in middle school while waiting for our moms to pick us up after we both missed the bus home. We hung out a lot in middle school and the beginning of high school, and every time he came over to my friend or my house, he would always ask, You guys got any snacks? to the point that we would think his parents didn't feed him. But that can't be true. One time he spent the night at my house and greeted my mom and I with, I had jambalaya for dinner. The next morning, my mom went to wash the sheets that he slept in and took one whiff before she spit out, Whew! Did he bathe in jambalaya? We eventually nicknamed him Stinky for obvious reasons, but I'd also have to say, to be fair, maybe 25% of his stank could have been attributed to his house's water. We both lived in an area that had well water, and the water in his house smelled so badly like sulfur that I eventually just stopped washing my hands at his house. I would turn on the water and pretend to wash my hands, but I couldn't stand the smell on my hands. My pee was probably cleaner anyway. I know he had to have bathed at least once, though. I think. I don't know if the time I remember counts exactly, but one time he was walking around the stepping stones surrounding the pond in my parents' house when he started to say, Hey, this rock's kinda new. And before he could finish his sentence, he was face deep in pond scum. That's the most proof I have that he's ever taken a bath. Granted, it was with frogs, but maybe that counts for something. He did have a way with the ladies, though. A way of creeping the shit out of them. My parents and I took him out to dinner once, and he apparently thought it'd be a good idea to flirt with our waitress. His first idea was to ask for crayons and children's menus to draw on. He then tried asking her on a date by scribbling a number on a scrap of paper from the menu written in crayon. She declined. 
I also felt the need to point out the fact that he didn't even write his own phone number on the paper. It was my parents' home phone number. I can't really imagine how that would have gone even if he had given her his actual phone number, let alone if she said yes. Most phone calls with him were just listening to mouth breathing while he reads a magazine aloud and poorly describes what the pictures are. It's like being on the wrong end of a phone sex line without making any money. My mom always thought it was some pervert calling. If you ever answered the phone, it would usually sound like, Hello? Mrs. Cavelli? Is he in there? After school, he would often follow us onto our bus and talk to us before going home. He wouldn't always make it back to his bus on time, of course. He definitely missed it at least once, and I'm not sure how he got home. I did enjoy watching him sprint to his bus, though, because I knew he wasn't going to make it on time. Another time, he walked up behind my friend Abby and told her, I wish I had your hair, in a way that made it sound like he was going to wear her skin as a suit. He also once painstakingly attempted to describe to us that triangles only have two angles. They're just two angles. While making a shape with his hands more akin to a vagina than a triangle. Wasn't really sure how to tiptoe around that or word it cleverly, so I spared you any euphemisms. I haven't seen him in person for several years, but last time I remember speaking to him was either the summer after high school or during community college. My friend Daniel and I were at a grocery store late at night and ran into him and his friend pushing a cart filled only with honey and whipped cream. When I asked him, what are you guys making a fucking porno? And his explanation was, we're having an Iron Chef competition. And all I could really say back to that was, sure, that's what you call it. You can't fool me, man. You can't cook anything with just honey and whipped cream. I know you guys are probably cooking up some weird kinky sex crap. All insults aside, we did have some fun times when we were friends, and it was kind of empowering to feel like the smart one all the time. It is kind of nice to have friends you can just be an idiot around all the time without them judging you, but I don't think he was doing it just for fun. He probably wasn't judging me because he actually was an idiot. We formed a band together at one point, changed our name probably about five times, and finally found a drummer. We recorded a bunch of basement demos and replaced him during an extremely awkward practice because he was a terrible bass player. Most of the songs all he played was or during the entire duration of the song. I think that's why we stopped hanging out. We'll be right back after a short break. This is where sponsors could leave ads if I had any. Please give me large piles of money so I can make more of these. I would greatly appreciate it and be able to make more episodes more often. Now, back to the show! Despite being a nerd in high school, my grades were never great. Between falling asleep in classes and not doing my homework... Money wasn't the only reason I went to community college before a four-year school. I honestly had a great experience with community college, but it wasn't my first choice. I paid a lot less money to take the same dumb classes, and most of my teachers were actually pretty great. My favorite teacher from community college was my history teacher. I liked his classes so much that I took three of them. What's more surprising is I got A's in all of them. 
He was so cool. He looked like he rolled off a boxcar during the Great Depression. He has a beard and wore vests and caps all the time and would apparently lose the caps on the train quite frequently. His teaching style was to paint you a mental picture of whatever it was that we were learning in the least politically correct way possible. He seemed really open-minded about a lot of topics and pretty progressive, but the way he worded things was perfect. To me, the most memorable lesson from his class was about the history of Sparta. His explanation of a Spartan warrior's sexuality was, The Spartans were gay, man. A woman was for procreation, but a man was for love. And there was one situation where he referred to killing someone's husband or wife as the Catholic divorce. But I can't remember the full context of the phrase. I think that's the first time I've ever heard anyone use that phrase, and also the last. He really made sure people were paying attention during lectures and once told us he'll occasionally just make shit up to see if we were. If that wasn't enough to keep our attention, he had a very poor sense of volume control. He would start out a sentence at a whisper, and halfway through he would just start yelling, gradually just growing quieter and quieter and yelling intermittently. I don't think it was intentional, but sometimes it scared the shit out of people. Definitely kept you awake, that's for sure. I think he taught in the only classroom on campus that still had a chalkboard. He wrote on the chalkboard a fair amount, and every time he put the chalk down, he would wipe his hands on his pants and vest. At the end of every class, his pants and vest were always covered in chalk dust. One thing I always liked even more than his lectures were his stories about his own past. He would talk about growing up in Cicero, telling us once, I was in a gang. We were only into one thing. Trouble. If that doesn't tell you how much of a badass he was, I don't know what will. His other stories involved his many odd jobs throughout the years, including teaching at another university, being a cab driver, and when he was a grave digger. He told us about how they used to clean roses off the graves at night, and once he brought some home to his wife, and her response was, Get those out of here! And he charmingly replied, But baby, I love ya! What a romantic man. He was definitely one of my all-time favorite teachers, and he even wrote my letter of recommendation to a four-year college. I think I somehow gave him the impression that I was actually going places. I don't think he knew what I was actually going to school for. Unfortunately, he was fired sometime after I graduated, so that was pretty much the last time I ever saw him. This leads me to my next story. One day after leaving his class, I had to take a poop in between classes. I used the bathroom on the opposite side of the building, near my next class. Usually they were pretty empty, but this time, this time was different. As I was sitting there thinking and stinking, someone walked into the stall next to me. He was just standing there for a while, so I figured at some point he'd just pee and leave. Instead, I started to hear a rustling. He wasn't peeing at all. I tried to get out of there as fast as I could, but it was too late. All of a sudden, I heard, bloop, bloop, bloop. So I ran out of the bathroom. As I was sitting outside waiting for my next class to start, I saw someone walk out of the bathroom. It was the creepy dumpy kid from my history class. From that day forward, I was never comfortable using the bathroom on campus for fear of running into the lurker jerker. Bump, bump, bump. 
Okay, so maybe that story about some kid jerking off in the bathroom next to me wasn't the best ghost story for the campfire, but it was true. Also, I mentioned the story in the credits of the first episode, so I feel like I kind of had to tell the story, you know, to avoid being a liar. One great thing about my time in community college was that I had an incredible amount of free time to work on creative projects and record plenty of music. I don't know how I was capable of going to class all day on two to four hours of sleep, coming home and working on either music or staying up until 5 a.m. being dumb on the internet, then going and doing it all over again the next day, but I definitely can't do it now. Work has drained all the life, creativity, and any time I could possibly have to work on anything creative out of me. I wanted to say that I decided early on that I wouldn't use this podcast as a soapbox for my gripes on music trends like how awful auto-tune sounds, that there isn't enough reverb on anything anymore, or that most popular songs right now go either or all the time. But that would be a lie because I just did it but no one in real life listens to me rant about this shit, so there might not be much appeal to an entire podcast of it. The product of my friend Anthony and my distaste for these overused trends, lots of free time during the late 2000s, and an internet connection, is Tropical Pine Fruits. The original goals for Tropical Pine Fruits were mostly to troll people on MySpace by making a bunch of stupid-sounding music, commenting in confusing broken English, and making an entire fake band. Quite a few people were somehow convinced that we were an actual band, despite being mostly very obviously sequenced beats with words like Oh, yeah, and essay thrown in for good measure. Every song contained things that we said sounded corny or stupidly overused in normal radio hits, which meant 99% of our material had claps throughout the entire length of the song or weird-sounding flutes. One song I managed to find 16 different clap samples, but my favorites were the songs I labeled as 70s and 80s demo tapes. They were mostly me playing slide whistle, clapping, sometimes badly playing guitar, and throwing in a random word or two for good measure. Sometimes I'd record them while watching TV and not even bother to turn the TV off or down. As hard as I tried to make the worst music possible, it ended up getting more attention than any of the music I actually took seriously. I'll be honest, too. I genuinely like a lot of the music for one reason or another. It just goes to show you, kids, no matter how hard you try, no one cares. So be like me. Don't compromise for anyone, be extremely underpaid, and do things for an audience of basically yourself and, like, three people you force to listen to you. Why, here's a clip of Tropical Pine Fruits in action right now! That's it for this episode of the Unrefined Jagoff. Once again, I'm your host, Ian Cavelli. Follow the Unrefined Jagoff on Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, all them social medias, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from for future episodes. Music by Satan's Basement, new logo designed by my friend Abby Burkle, and all other production is by me. Support comes from you, the listener, so keep it up and tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your enemies. Remember to support the arts, humanities, public broadcasting, and your local comic book store. Oh, also, each other. Don't be dicks to each other, be empathetic, and be a good person where it counts. Thanks for listening, and goodbye for now. (laughs) 